Jackson Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday morning as I am recording this one deep into the night. Uh, it's about it's 1.52 right now is when I'm recording this bad boy. I had it to go back and watch that, uh, that game. It was... Uh, just gotta you, you gotta collect your breath for a second after watching something like that, and it, it really did feel like one of those classic games that Nuggets fans are going to remember for a long, long time, for good reasons, for bad reasons, but most important is that they got a win, and it was one of the best games I have ever witnessed. I just want to start with a a quick word. Uh, the, the the Nuggets won this game, 147-140, double overtime, game five. They go up 3-2 in the series. But I want to start with a quick word on just kind of life, sports, special moments. You start to get the sense that the world is finally recovering from COVID-19, that everybody's starting to want to get back to normal. People have been acting a, a fool, as Michael Malone said in his pregame presser, with the way the fans have been acting. We didn't have any of that tonight, and it was a big deal because having fans in the arena tonight to appreciate this incredible moment was such a big deal. This was the most insane sporting event I have ever attended. I feel like I've been to some pretty good ones, but this blows them out of the water. Damian Lillard put on an absolute show tonight. And it really was everything about like Nuggets fans are on the other side of it, so you can you can definitely miss it if you don't step back and kind of smell the roses here. But Lillard was unbelievable, just an incredible competitor. And the arena was filled with dread, just absolute fear every time he touched the basketball, especially when it was in the clutch. Every time he had the ball. The Nuggets had some opportunities to foul him uh, rather than give him another shot, and but they gave him those, those opportunities to make incredible shots, and he delivered every single time. And it felt like Nuggets fans knew that they were going to get exactly that from him, and they just, it was blow after blow, shot after shot. This was an incredible performance from Lillard. And you can feel good about it as a Nuggets fan because you got out of there with a win. Nuggets go up 3-2. But this really is one of those special moments that I am going to remember for a long time. And the Nuggets contributed to that. They had a lot of great moments themselves. Nikola Jokic made one of the most impressive passes you will ever see. Firing the ball over Robert Covington's outstretched arm so that Michael Porter can hit the game-winning three with about a minute and a half left to go in double overtime. But the show that Lillard put on, 55 points, 17 of 24 from the field, 12 of 17 from three, 12 threes, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, even 3 blocks. This was a magnum opus performance. One of the best games I have ever seen anyone play ever. And it really does kind of put into perspective how great sports can be and how emotional 
and connected you can feel to those moments. Because I, like everybody else, I was riding or dying with the Nuggets, wanting to see them succeed. But you see a guy like Damian Lillard and the fear that he presents for a Nuggets team that just doesn't really have an answer for him. It was an incredible show. I just wanted to take some time to credit Damian Lillard for that. The Nuggets, they really didn't have an answer. There was nothing. Literally praying that he would miss. Shout out to Austin Rivers for that gem on his Instagram. He he got caught in 4K. Uh, praying and, and thanking the Lord above for Lillard missing an open three. And it is... It was just incredible. 55 points in a playoff game on the road with some of those shots. I remember some of the shots that Donovan Mitchell hit in the playoffs last year when he put up 57 on Denver, which it seems to be becoming kind of a trend here with Denver that they let these guys go off for some big numbers, but it didn't feel as impressive as what Damian Lillard just did. Some of the shots that he hit the step backs, clock winding down. He willed the Blazers into this game and turned this into an absolutely epic night. He didn't have to do that. The Nuggets could have won this game and won it by 10 or 12 and nobody would have been the wiser. But Lillard doing what he did just shows the kind of player that he is and want to give him credit for that. He only attempted three shots in the double overtime period. And honestly, I think that was the only thing that ever slowed him down. It was not shooting the basketball. Denver got away with one here, and they need to have a better answer in game six because the Blazers role players, they will be better at home. You know that 100%. But this is a Nuggets podcast, so let's talk about the Nuggets. We got to start with Nikola Jokic. He was great tonight in his own right. Less elite than Damian Lillard. He wasn't making the shot for shot stuff. Uh, that he did in game two against Lillard. I was also in the building for that one, by the way. That was an impressive performance. This one was even crazier, undoubtedly. Jokic, though, 38 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal, 4 blocks. A filled-up-the-box-score performance from him. Very, very impressive stuff. He did shoot 14 of 31 from the field and 3 of 9 from 3. I thought that his shot selection in this game wasn't great. Definitely a lot of times where he settled for jumpers and settled for uh, less desirable shots because he was tired late in the shot clock and didn't want to go to the rim. However, you take what you can get, and Denver's ability to dump the ball into him in the post, and for him to get 38 points and also generate 9 assists there, is a big deal. They were able to center him around everything that they did. And I I just, I keep being blown away by how much he has to do and how he continues to rise to the occasion. Definitely tired as the game went along late into those two overtimes, but he still had some incredible plays. Yusuf Nurkic fouled out in the fourth quarter of this game and they replaced him with both going small, going with like Robert Covington at center, but also they played in as Cantor at times. Uh, it really stood out to me that with Nurkic out, 
Denver attacks the Portland defense just a lot more, di- a lot differently. Denver still had some success tonight when they attacked Nurkic. Uh, I talked about getting him moving in the in the actions a little bit more, and that's exactly what they did throughout the game. It's one of the reasons why he fouled out was because they got him moving so much that he was a little bit wild. But it's definitely not a coincidence that Denver has won the three games that Nurkic has fouled out. He was a plus one tonight in 24 minutes. But I would just say to Nuggets fans, and and to anyone that isn't a Nuggets fan that's listening in on this, don't let Lillard's insane performance, and it is insane, don't get me wrong, don't let his insane performance distract from the fact that Nikola Jokic has games of 34, 38, 36, and 38 points in this series. His consistency has been incredible. He has been a rock for what this Nuggets team has done. And his final pass to Michael Porter Jr. in the corner over Robert Covington, it was an absolute work of art. He was getting doubled in the post. Nobody was moving. He called for Robert Co- or for uh, Aaron Gordon to cut through so that he could pass to the corner. And the cut, it froze Robert Covington in place. And Covington, it just gave Jokic just enough time, just enough of a window that he could feather in a pass over the outstretched arms of Robert Covington so that Michael Porter could catch it in the shooting pocket and immediately go up with a game-winning three. That is the level of performance that you get from Nikola Jokic. That is the type of player that you get. He wasn't always making his shots, but he was always creating good looks. Any shot that he takes is a good shot because he's a superstar, because he can make them all. But the shots that he consistently creates for other people, especially when the Blazers continue to double him, he was helped out by the fact that his teammates made some shots. Don't get me wrong. But they he creates elite looks for them on a consistent basis. Whether it's just quick kickouts, uh, lob passes over the top, back cuts, Uh, DHOs that he creates with a good screen. Uh, He's just such a smart basketball player. And the Nuggets would not be where they are today without having one of the smartest basketball players to navigate all of this. Because Denver's had to do this without their top guards. They don't have that cushion. They have to be smart. They have to be perfect. Jokic has to be perfect. And he was great tonight. Just absolutely great. He's getting tired. It's pretty clear. 72 games plus this heavy, grueling playoff series against Yusuf Nurkic and big bodies like Inez Cantor. It's definitely wearing him down. And Damian Lillard isn't being worn down in the same way because he doesn't have to battle with uh, with Yusuf Nurkic in the post like like Jokic does. But Denver did make Damian Lillard work a lot tonight. That was a big part of their game plan defensively, is that they would put him in the action as much as they could. And they were getting a lot of great looks because Lillard was letting guys go. I think it goes to show that Jokic is put in the action pretty consistently because he's a center, and they don't really have to hunt for that. 
but I hope that it's discussed that Lillard is being put in the action as much as Jokic is. And the Nuggets are still getting some great results from all of these plays. Like Jokic, Lillard had some good uh, block shots and a steal as well. But I still think that both of these guys are, are defensively flawed. And it's going to be interesting to see who can last longer as an elite offensive player while also giving enough on the defensive end to slow down the opposing team. The star value or the star battle has been awesome. Nothing short of spectacular. Both of these guys just continue to go off, continue to show why they are as great as they are. And the opposing teams, they just don't have any they don't have any answers. Especially when Nurkic fouls out. Especially for Denver with the injuries that they have. They probably wouldn't have had a great answer initially. But it's been it's been tough regardless. So gonna be interesting to see how Denver handles this going into game six. Uh, but for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the rest of the teams, uh, including the supporting cast that helped Denver win this one. But first, this podcast, as you know, is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. It is my favorite sportsbook. I won a ton of money tonight. Not going to lie. I did some great things. I did some great betting. Uh, I took advantage of my free credits that I earned by signing up with DraftKings and making some good bets. And I won over $100 tonight. So, my friends and family, they also love DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. So listen to this great offer here. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. Could have picked the Nuggets tonight. Bet $1. If that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. You can turn those right around and make some pretty interesting bets, including the one that I hit with Austin Rivers scoring his first scoring the first basket of the game. Great odds on that one. Won a lot of money. Don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions in baseball, hockey, so much more all week long. They're safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience, and I will be withdrawing. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice, and if they win, you'll get to claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code MHS. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, wager paid out in site credits, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you can, please leave a rating, review, and subscription on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, would love if you could spread the word on this one because this is going to be a big, heavy, heavily downloaded episode. So it should be 
a lot of fun to be able to spread the love on this one. Uh, Nuggets Co-op 3-2, this feel-good game. This was an incredible game to listen to, and I'm going to break it, break it down here a little bit. I think the key to this game, and the key to Denver winning this one, was the help that Nikola Jokic received over the help that Damian Lillard received. Denver's players stepped up. In a way that you would expect Portland's guys to step up. CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, Norman Powell, these are guys that they're they're veterans. They've they've been around the block before. Yusuf Nurkic been around the block. They should be the guys that are really stepping up here, especially CJ. But it was the Nuggets guys that were really stepping up instead. You got the bounce back game from Michael Porter Jr. that everybody was craving, everybody was hoping for. And it really was a sight to behold. He didn't take as many shots as I hoped he would tonight. Only took 13. But he made 10 of 13 shots, including 3 of 5 from 3, drew a 3-shot foul, had 26 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. Was a plus 11. Led the team in plus minus once again. He's got a gift for it. And all of this was, a, it was really about character. It was really about the ability and the, and the mental testicular fortitude, whatever you want to call it, to realize that the opposing team is gunning for you and to stare that down and to get to your spots and hit shots anyway. I got to tell you, Michael Porter Jr. was awesome tonight. Just awesome to watch. He did everything from a shot-making perspective, that the Nuggets brought him in to do. Hit the fadeaway shots, hit the turnarounds, hit the threes, drove to the rim, uh, got some putbacks. It was awesome to watch. And it was the all-around performance that the Nuggets needed next to Nikola Jokic. You knew that Jokic would deliver an all-around performance, but Porter... He had been struggling in pretty much every facet of the game. He wasn't rebounding the way that he needed to, wasn't really a playmaker, definitely wasn't the scorer that he knew he wanted to be, but tonight, he was great. 10 of 13 from the field, and some of the shots that he took were ludicrous. So I'm hoping that this carries over for the next two games, that he realizes that yes, he's got a tough matchup, but he's also way taller than the guys that he's being put up against. Norman Powell and CJ McCollum are his primary defenders right now. And they also used Rondé Hollis Jefferson in the second unit against him. Porter got where he wanted to go, made the shots that he needed to make, and was the second option that the Nuggets needed him to be throughout this game. It was awesome. But it wasn't really Michael Porter who caught my eye the most. Excuse me. Give a bow, Monte Morris. Give a bow. Or take a bow. That's the word. Because this was Monte Morris's best game of his career. 28 points, 5 assists. Did go 7 of 18 from the field. Did blow a layup pretty late in that game that nearly came back to bite Denver in the butt. Also missed a free throw that had he made it. Denver might have been in a much better position than they were. But, and still, like, are we really going to complain here? 
28 points, hit the shots that he hit, 4 of 9 from 3, 10 of 11 from the free throw line. The Nuggets, they haven't had a lot of 20-point performances outside of Nikola. They've now had two from Michael Porter. They had one from Austin Rivers. This is, I think, the fourth 20-point performance that came from a non-Nikola Jokic nugget in this series. And the fact that they had two of them, I think, was what won them this game. It was Porter getting back on track, but it was also Monte Morris, who in the pick and roll, operating next to Nikola, was very comfortable running pick and roll consistently, whether it was at Yusuf Nurkic, whether it was at Switches, and as Cantor, guys like that. Morris stepped up. He was consistent. He got to his spots, drove around guys, made the most of his the space that he had. And the thing is, Monte went as close to toe-to-toe with Damian Lillard as you could ever ask a backup point guard to go. He had 41 minutes tonight off the bench. Most he could have played was 58. He was out there for a lot of time, and Faku Campazzo didn't have a good game. Thought he was pretty poor for most of this game. He did have a nice basket under the rim against Damian Lillard. It was his only... It was three points. He made one free throw. Uh, But Morris stepped up. I thought that they might start Monte at some point in this series. I thought it might have come tonight. I'm I'm glad that it didn't because they didn't need it. He clearly was still playing a lot, even though Faku was the guy who started. But I hope people realize that I wasn't saying that just because I hate Faku Campazzo, but because I thought that Monte was capable of a game like this where he could come off the bench. I was hoping for the starting unit, but where tonight he came off the bench and was just a massively impactful player every single time he touched the ball. And he's a guy that they might have to start overplaying at times because of the shots that he was making. Very impressed with Monte. He was the fourth best player on the floor tonight. Maybe third, depending on what you see with Porter. But it was very clear. If Lillard was the best, Jokic was second best, Monte's at least up there. And the fact that he was a guy who outplayed CJ McCollum says it all. Next on the list, Austin Rivers. Another great game from Austin. 18 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 7 assists as well. And that's going to go under the radar a little bit. But Jokic had 9 Austin Rivers had seven. It wasn't even Monte Morris who was the guy who was really stepping up as a playmaker. Austin Rivers was making plays for everybody else, and he was doing it off the dribble. He was breaking down his defender, getting to the rim, getting to the paint, and creating shots for other people. It's exactly what you want from him. It's exactly what you need from any guard that's playing next to Nicola, frankly. You need somebody who's going to be aggressive from three but also somebody who's willing to take it to the rack, who's trying to get some buckets, and who's trying to create for others. You want guys that can do everything, that have all the skills. And Austin Rivers is nothing if not skilled. He's one of those guys that came into the league because of his skill set. He's stayed because of his professionalism and his ability to make shots when it counted. 
But it was very interesting. He had the Damian Lillard assignment for most of the night. The Nuggets decided that they wanted to put Aaron Gordon on CJ McCollum. And they did that for a lot of the time. And it worked. CJ, 7 of 22. He wasn't good. But Denver decided to put Rivers on Dame. And the fact that Rivers was still able to put up 18 and 7 while having to chase around that guy the entire game, I think is very impressive. He wasn't shaken. He was very upset a lot of the time because of the shots that Lillard was making, because of some of the the mistakes that he made. There was one point in, I think, the second quarter where he was trying to he was trying to come around screens and, and contest a shot by Lillard, but couldn't quite make it there. Lillard makes a deep three, and then Rivers just smacks whatever it is on the on the scorer's table. It was a water bottle, a cup, or something. Uh, the Blazers were just all up in arms. They wanted a technical. They were so upset. But Rivers, he was playing with passion tonight, and that's all you can really ask for. He's being asked to do so much. And the fact that he could step up and put together 18 and 7 on an efficient 10 shots, you take it and run every single time. You figure out what to do beyond that. And then Aaron Gordon. I mentioned McCollum 7 of 22, but Aaron Gordon also had a pretty good night offensively. 14 points, 10 rebounds, including 4 offensive rebounds, 4 assists. Gordon is stepping into his threes pretty confidently. He's had some great shots, and and he's shooting the three ball really well in this series overall, which is very surprising because the way that he shot to close the season in Denver, I didn't know that this was in his bag. But he was making some impressive shots, especially off the catch. And I've been pretty big on this, that he should be trying to focus as much on on the catch-and-shoot aspects of things as he can. But he's also improving his pull-up. So hard to argue with the progress that he's made. And it's just a it's a quick 14 points on 11 shots, 2 of 4 from 3. But having 4 assists to go with it, doing some good things defensively. Hard to argue with what he's done. Denver needs that in Game 6, for sure. I mentioned the help that Damian Lillard did not receive, and it was especially bad in the clutch. Uh, This was an awful game from CJ McCollum. 22 shots, 18 points. Did have 7 assists, did have 7 rebounds, but that's really because he played 51 minutes. It's tough, because if you're Denver, you feel pretty good about how you defended McCollum despite the fact that Lillard went off as much as he did. In a double overtime game, the Blazers' backcourt scores 73 points. They do so on 46 shots. That's really good numbers for the backcourt, but with the way that Lillard was going, and the way that everybody else on the team just was kind of eh, Denver, they have to feel pretty good about the way that they defended McCollum. They took advantage of him on the defensive end at times, He was a minus seven. He even fouled out. Not as great of a decision maker as Damian Lillard is. So anytime, anytime the Nuggets can make life hell for Damian Lillard, 
if it's at the expense of letting CJ McCollum free, I think you take that chance. Because CJ, as great as he is and as great of the moments as he can have, he is not as dangerous as Damian Lillard. I think that's been proven multiple times over in this series. So we're going to see. I would posit that if Denver is going to go with Marcus Howard again in their series, or in the series in game six, I would put Shaq Harrison in the game in the first quarter and mirror his minutes with Damian Lillard, and then have Marcus Howard come into the game in the second quarter so he can guard Anthony Simons, be out there as a floor spacer. Denver's okay. They can take chances against against CJ. But there were multiple times where Damian Lillard hunted Marcus Howard tonight. And they couldn't do the same. with Like, CJ couldn't really do the same. He could, but it just wasn't as impactful. Norman Powell didn't make a three tonight. Did a lot of jawing with Faku Campazzo. Did a lot of jawing with Michael Porter. Ended up with 13 points on 14 shots. Was still very good. Was still good in the in transition. Uh, still a productive player. But Denver was mostly okay while he was out there. Robert Covington, he was really good. 19 points, 11 shots, two steals. Uh, hit three threes and hit six free throws as well. So that's a dangerous one. Uh, Robert Covington hasn't really gotten going for most of the series. But he is a dangerous shooter. So you want to uh, you want to run him off the three point line. You don't want to run and then like stunt away from other three point shooters. You want to run him off the three point line, get him inside the arc because he's much less dangerous when he's driving, in my opinion. And then Nurk, as I mentioned, fouls out this game. Six turnovers tonight, in addition to six fouls, thirteen points, twelve shots. Three of five from the free throw line. Not a great game from Yusuf Nurkic. He will be better in game six. You have to imagine. Uh, if he's not, then the Blazers are in trouble because they usually go as Yusuf Nurkic goes. And he was out there for 24 minutes tonight out of a possible 58. So just keep that in mind. Denver, the, the more time that they can play with Yusuf Nurkic on the bench, I think that's best for Denver. Because he's their best matchup against Jokic, and he also kind of feasts in second uh, second unit matchups against Millsap, Green, Porter, whoever you want to call it. Okay, let's take a final break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the bench a little bit and then talk about game six. Uh, we will be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, might be coming down with a little bit of a cough here. That's uh, that's not a great sign heading into this. I've, I've been working hard, as everybody knows, and we're gonna see how it goes. But hopefully, it's nothing. Gonna gonna try and get myself some some Nyquil and then go to sleep after I record this thing and post it. Um, let's talk about the Nuggets bench. They really stepped up where Portland's bench faltered tonight. 
it was pretty evident uh, based off of what Monte was doing that this was going to be the case. Uh, but the numbers are pretty staggering. The Blazers bench had 22 points and Monte Morris had 28. Marcus Howard contributed three threes. Jamichael Green got in on the action. Paul Millsap had a couple buckets, though he was mostly bad. I'll talk about him in a bit. It was a good sign from Denver that they were able to get the bench production that they needed because that's one of the advantages that they have over this over this Blazers team. When Porter rotates in with the bench, you feel pretty good about that unit, especially when Monte's out there, when the veteran front court of Paul Millsap, Jamichael Green is out there. You feel pretty good about what Denver's going to do. And it really played off that way again tonight. Porter was a plus 11, Millsap plus 7, Green plus 5, Morris plus 7, Marcus Howard plus 9. Those guys played really well together. And it was the production that they put on the offensive end, but also some of the defense positions that they uh, possessions that they strung together. The Blazers still made some impressive plays and even when that bench unit was out there. But I really liked what I saw from Monte, as I mentioned. Uh, Marcus Howard, 3 of 6, 3 of 4 from 3, 9 points. Really is just out there to shoot the basketball, but he could shoot it. And the way that he was playing, the way that he's shooting, it really is a great story for this Nuggets team. Might be their best story of the season, frankly. That a guy that hadn't played all year, that could barely get off the bench, that struggled when he got off the bench. Now that all the injuries have happened, now that he earned his minutes with some really strong play to close the year, Michael Malone threw him out there on a whim, liked what he saw, threw him out there again, and suddenly Marcus Howard is a big part of what Denver's doing. They were running him off a floppy action by the time he had hit all three of his threes. And running him on the baseline, making him the focal point of some of their sets, he did a lot of great things. And he does a really good job, I think, of relocating, coming to the basketball, getting it and finding an open space for three. Denver hasn't had a lot of guys like that. They don't have a lot of guys that can uh, come across the court with an advantage and make a three in a dangerous position. He's like that. Porter does that a little bit, but he's not quite as quick. Marcus Howard just sprints along the floor, tries to get to his spots, tries to free himself up, and the Nuggets, they're starting to trust him. It's pretty impressive to watch him. It's pretty impressive to see what they're doing, how they're playing this consistently with him. Uh, he is currently outplaying Anthony Simons on the other end. That is not something I would have expected heading into this thing. Jamichael Green got in on the action, had a couple good possessions, seven rebounds in total in just 20 minutes, three offensive, four defensive. Hit an important three in the corner, uh, that forced a Blazers timeout, I think, in the fourth quarter. Uh, he hadn't hit a lot of threes in this series, so seeing him hit one in an important moment, I think, is a big deal. Paul Millsap, on the other hand, really struggled tonight, was really, really bad. Gave up multiple offensive rebounds. Uh, I thought that his offense, I, he did have 
a couple of good possessions. Like he had one where he grabbed the ball on a rebound and basically took it the distance, took took it coast to coast because nobody really stopped him. And that was impressive. But there are a couple of air balls in there. There are a couple of possessions where he's just giving up position. And there's a couple of possessions where he's fouling in situations where I don't think he needed to. He's going to have to be better. Uh, Denver, they aren't going to be able to get 28 points again from Maze Morris. Uh, Michael Porter might put up another 26. But the rest of Monte Morris's score is going to have to come from somewhere. And I think that Millsap is the guy that you look to as the possible option. Say, hey, you've got to make some shots. It can't be air balls from here. Especially with the matchups that he has. A lot of times he's going up against Mello, going up against Covington, going up against Hollis Jefferson. Those situations, he should still be pretty good. Maybe not perfect, but still pretty good. And seeing him airball a couple shots and do so badly is uh, it's not a great sign. So I hope that he puts together some pretty good possessions in Game 6. It could be the difference between Denver uh, winning and having to come back for Game 7. Like I talked about, Anthony Simons, he's being outplayed by Marcus Howard. That's just not something that anybody going into this thing would have expected. Anthony Simons was shooting 43% from three on the year and doing so in the primary rotation for most of it. He's still young, though, and still definitely subject to the ups and downs of being a young player. Marcus Howard, he's come in as a four-year vet from uh, Marquette and just knows how to score the basketball. He's been doing it forever, and it really does show out there, so it's been awesome to see. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson was a minus 21 tonight. He's been the guy that is playing the backup five or is out, is out there instead of uh, instead of cancer, basically, for most of that time. But he was a minus 21, and in the few minutes that he played, I think it was nine minutes, that's not a great sign. But Cantor was also a minus in his minutes, and the Nuggets went right after him as soon as he entered the game for Yusuf Nurkic in the fourth quarter. It was like their eyes lit up like saucers, like the size of dinner plates. And Jokic immediately went at him. Sometimes he took a th- like he took threes and took some jumpers that I think were unadvised. Every time he went into the post against Cantor outside of one possession where he clearly got fouled, but it wasn't called. Every time he would go into the post, the Nuggets would get a good shot. So I hope that they continue to do that. Hope that the Monte and, and Jokic continue to run pick and roll if Cancer is ever out there again. I doubt that he'll be out there, though. It would be very surprising if he was, because the way that he's played and the way that the Blazers act like when he's out there, they overcorrect for him so much. That even when Jokic was at the top of the key, they were already shading over. They were already overplaying from the weak side, trying to help on the strong side with Jokic. And it led to threes. It led to Nuggets' positive possessions by Cantor just being on the floor. So, I can't imagine that Portland goes back to that. Because if they do, Denver will keep attacking it. And they'll feel pretty confident with it. And that's really all that basketball is at this point. It's like, these guys are all making crazy shots. 
but it's because of the confidence that they have that they feel like it's going to go in because they know the situation. They know they're not going to get blocked. They know that they can do certain things with Cantor on the floor. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a big story going forward. Another big story is Will Barton coming back. I think it's a fair question at this point that we thought he was going to be back. I thought he was coming back in game four. I didn't think it was going to be game three. I thought it would be game four. If not for game four, I thought it would be game five. Obviously, he hasn't been back for either. I asked Michael Malone this pregame, or maybe it was yesterday. And he basically said, don't know what's going to happen with Will. Can't really rule him out for six and seven, but it, it looks like he'll be out for game five. And he was. And it wasn't exactly a strong response by Michael Malone to say that he was really, really close. So I wonder if there's something else that's going on with Will. I wonder if there's something else that's behind the scenes that I don't really know about that nobody really knows about. And maybe he's just not going to come back. And if that's the case, the Nuggets are just going to have to survive without him. They're up 3-2. They can do it if they continue to get strong performances from uh, Monte, from Austin, from uh, Faku when he plays better. Was not good tonight. Don't really feel the need to talk about him. He just wasn't good. And we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. And if Will does come back, then that'll be great. And Denver could really use the boost. But for now, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. Game six is probably going to go Portland's way, though. I will say that Dame might just not let them lose in that building. I will jump for joy if they win it in six games. If they win on Portland's home floor. If they get to wish Yusuf Nurkic happy summer. In Portland, that would be great. But doesn't this series feel like it's going to go seven games? With the up and down nature of this thing, with the way that the role players have shot better or worse on the on at home and on the road over these last two? So I think that Denver's role players are probably going to take a step back. CJ will be better for Portland in game six. Nurkic will probably not foul out. If he does, then that's an issue. And if it's the case, the series is going to head seven. But let's hope for a different result from that. I'm hoping for a different result because I just want to see Denver be able to move on and feel pretty good about this without Jamal Murray, without Will Barton, without P.J. Dozier. They deserve some positivity, some happiness here. It's very possible that they could get it. I'm at least hoping for it. We will see. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app. I will be back tomorrow. Going to try to get on an old friend, see if he is available to podcast, and if we could maybe speak a little bit about this series and what we've learned about the Nuggets so far. But for now, thank you so much, everybody. I will talk to you guys very soon.